The one who's so far away. I mean, like, did I listen yeah. to Godsmack? I did. 100%. You did? Yes, I okay. did. And, I, and there's mm -hmm. stories there. There's some stuff there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Welcome to 1999 The Podcast. I'm John Brooks. I'm Jen Tisdale. And we are going to do things a little differently today, and we're going to sort of explain why. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, Janet, what's 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 new before we before we start? Any any fun stuff happening in Gentown? Well, to to quote a classic '90s film, I'm riding the crimson wave, <laughs> <laughs> which is not new. I've been doing this for many years, once yeah. a month for the most part. Sure. Um, yeah. Other than that. I mean, I, we're going to explain, I mean, I guess some new news-ish is, is just explaining why we're sort of skipping audition. Yes, sort of, sort kind of. Well, oh, we're not totally skipping it. Um, no. I, by the way, I, I'm, I'm, I'm riding the seasonal uh, sinus infection wave. That's fun. Mm. So listen, if, if at any time you need to get your cranberry CD from the quad, just... Raise your hand. Let me know. If your foot right. hurts, let me know. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, we were going to cover Audition, um, mm -hmm. a movie that Jen and I, up until recently, were the two people on Earth who hadn't seen or heard of this movie. Um, that's, not, that, that's, that's not true. But okay. old people, when people love a movie, they, not, they just kind of think everyone's seen it and then you have to let them yeah. down pretty gently like no <laughs> i don't i don't even blink if someone's never seen back to the future i just go oh you should i think you'd like it i don't i don't care for artistic bullying i won't it, it just i won't receive like, it yeah receive it well it's different like it just not seeing Back to the Future is one thing, but if someone being like, I haven't heard of this movie would be something else entirely. Even and then, if I'm like, okay, I just, nothing <laughs> nothing bothers me, truly. No, it doesn't bother and, me. It's just, there's got to be a story there that you somehow didn't Yeah, know the, the story is probably that they were born in 2000. And Maybe. that's how life works. As uh, you, But then yeah. they wouldn't be adults. I guess they would. Be yes, they would. They'd be 24 years old. Like, it's not... I know, it's don't. It's so again, none of that ever bothers me. Reboot no. a movie and I'll still love the old one cuz it's out there, everything, everyone's fine, everyone's okay, everybody's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're not okay, but it's okay. Um I yeah, I'd never heard of Audition. Joey was the first person to mention it to me. Uh and sweet, then sweet everybody Joey. we talked to was like, "Oh, I love that movie. Oh, it's the mm -hmm. best movie." And I'm mm -hmm. like, "How do we Why don't I know about it?" Uh <laughs> Because the world is a very why big place. The world's a very big no. place and we no longer have only 3 channels from which to choose. I don't even I'll never, I'm never going to put on a hair shirt and grab a whip and take myself to, you know, bad girl town because I haven't sure. heard of a thing. Sure. No, I'm, yeah, I never felt bad. Uh, just no. was very weird, but it felt like a joke that everybody had been playing on me all this time. Anyway, uh, I watched it about a week or so ago and I'm going to share some thoughts about it today. Uh, and I texted you and was like, I don't think you should watch this movie. No, you, um, you you texted me. There's a 
bad dog part. And yeah, you gave, it was a bad you gave, dog part. You gave me the timestamps, and I yeah. said, I'm not watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> now, before anybody in the old internet.com verse rolls their eyes about a sensitive animal person, uh, that's not it. I, I, I think we've talked about that website, does the does the dog yeah, die? Yeah, we've talked about this. I, I always look ahead and then I dutifully fast forward um, right. un- until my actual dog died a month ago. Um, and she was the the animal love of my life. Mm-hmm. And boy, am I still I'm also riding the grief wave, crimson wave, grief wave, and that's not helping. And I'm just very sensitive. I'm usually a yep. very sensitive person, which I, I I appreciate about myself, but it's more so. And I, and I couldn't, even though you very kindly provided me timestamps. I was like, I yeah. feel like I'm going to be a look just too sad. I've been crying all week. Hormones. Oh, girls now. Uh, but I have been crying all week, even though it's been a month. And I know grief isn't linear, but yeah. for sure, I thought I'd be a little further along right now. But I'm just yeah. having a little bit of a bounce back, back in the back. So that's where yeah. we are, everybody. My dog died. <laughs> so I couldn't do it. Yeah, understandable. And um and this is not an issue of like, because like you have a much higher threshold actually for like horror stuff than I do, I think. But like, I um, do. Yeah. So this is not, this is not Jen mm-hmm. won't watch things that are horrific. And this is a fucking horrific no. movie. Uh, is it really? Is, See, now is, that I do like, I do like gore. I just, <laughs> the second oh, you, you would love that, the shit. I um, know. You know what? Once yeah. there's a little bit of time, I yep. bet, yep. I bet a year I'll be riding that audition train straight. Yep. Straight to uh, Hollywood, because <laughs> that's where the auditions are. Um, but yeah, ah, not yet. Hashtag so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna share my thoughts on audition. Feel free to um, chime in and ask me whatever you want, and then um, we are going to talk okay. about something more fun, still in the horror genre. We're going to talk about the Prince of Darkness himself mm-hmm. um, and the music that he makes. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk about OzFest 99, um, and it's specifically yeah. a documentary about OzFest 99 that we both watched that was great, and we'll we'll get there in a second. But Audition uh, lands nowhere in the 1999 box office. In fact, it is in its very limited theatrical run. It made just shy of $360,000 worldwide on an undisclosed budget. $360,000 on mm. an undisclosed budget. <clears throat> That's not a lot of money. Does it feel does it feel like how much do you feel like it cost? Um if it, it felt more than pretty that. Pretty high, pretty pretty high, pretty high budget. Are yeah. these pra- are these practical cuz it's 1999, are there more there's yes. practical effects mostly. Okay. Uh, so- it's all practical effects, yes. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. I love it. Okay, give me yeah. a year, I'll be back. I can't <laughs> think of any I can't think of any CGI in it uh or at least anything that's obviously CGI okay. uh, at all. Mm. Um, so it's all practical. It's, it's very, it's very, very elegantly shot. It's a, it's a very like, it's a very beautiful movie, um, mm. in terms of its, uh, arrangement and staging and all that sort of thing. So I imagine, I mean, I don't know how, how big the actors were. I don't know a ton about Japanese actors, so I can't really say much about like what I would guess the sort of performance budget was, but yeah, it wasn't a cheap movie. I don't, I don't think. Um, it premiered October the 2nd, 1999 at the, at the Toronto International Film Festival, better known as the TIFF. TIFF. The TIFF as part of a curated Just the programming. TIFF. Is that the t-shirt that they, <laughs> they better sell that at the they merch table? Sure. Just the TIFF. I'm right. sure they do. Although it's Toronto, they're much more polite than we are. 
At the TIFF, as part of a curated program highlighting Japanese horror, or what today we call J-horror, that included Ringu, a film that was mm, remade as the, the American blockbuster The Ring in 2002, and which had its own sequel released in Japan in 1999 that was also part of that screening. The film was directed by Takashi, uh, Takashi Miike, who is best known in Japan as being somewhere between the country's own Eli Roth and Yui Bull, as he tends to overindulge in graphic violence and underindulge in production value. Audition is a notable exception to his resume, an unusually careful and thoughtful art piece that takes a sudden and stunning turn to sadism and torture porn in its third act. The film centers around a widower, played by Rue Ishibashi, whose best friend, a high-powered film producer, played by Jun Kunimura, comes up with the idea of advertising an open casting call for a fresh female movie star to star in a fake movie, which would actually serve as an audition for the new future wife of Ayama, the widower. He settles on, a, settles on a mysterious former ballerina named Asami, played by a former model, uh, Ahis Sheena, I think that's how you pronounce it, who gives his producer friend, an asshole, but the only smart person in this movie, bad vibes. Um, and so his producer friend's like, I don't know about this girl. She seems weird. Um, mm. And and our, our protagonist, uh, Mr. Ayama, is like, no, 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 I love her and she is wonderful and she is the most intriguing woman I've ever met in my life and blah, 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 blah. But in time, we learn that Asami is the one with ulterior motives, and the groomed becomes the groomer. The film holds an 83% certified fresh rating mm. on Rotten Tomatoes and a 70 on Metacritic. David Edelstein and Slate gave the film an overwhelmingly positive review, noting, quote, During the ghastly, surreal climax, I had fun closing one eye, and with the other watching various ashen older men stumble toward the exit. Um, oh. I also kind of had to watch with one eye. <laughs> so, oh. uh, I winced. I winced every once in a while, as did A.O. Scott in the New York Times, who wrote, quote, the picture is about victims, but it's also a great sick rush with a kicker on the level of the vanishing. But Elizabeth Weitzman in the New York Daily News was not kind, writing, quote, possibly the sourest revenge movie ever, Audition starts off as a sweet, low-key romance, then abruptly turns into a grisly, sadistic thriller. In fact, every review seems to agree on two things. One, it absolutely is not for the faint of heart, a point many reviews go very far out of their way to make. And two, the movie's sudden shift in tone is jarring, abrupt, and effective at whatever it is it's trying to do. They just don't always agree on what it's trying to do, and even if they do, that if that thing is actually worth doing. Over the last quarter century, film critics have spent a lot of time wrestling with the question as to whether this is a feminist film or a misogynistic one. And to me, the answer is clearly both and neither. Audition is a film about the way we normalize male control over others and especially over bodies. Its audition scene is, in many ways, as disturbing and demented as the grisly torture scene that bookends it. Women are paraded in, asked to perform, and then dismissed and discarded like samples at a tasting table. And this is all set against a goofy little jazz number reminiscent of a French farce. So by the time Mike treats us to the unbearably slow, deliberate revenge torture scene, we stick with it, hard as it may be, because it feels earned and necessary. This may be worse than what, what our antagonist did in degree, but, but he seems to be saying hardly in nature. 
Asami's body has been prodded and manipulated by men her whole life, and what she is is the end result of their Frankensteinish experimentation on them. Rather than conforming to the demure, perfect specimen they wish her to be, she is reflecting their dehumanization of her right back on them. Um, so I, yeah, I think this movie is about a lot of things. I, I, I think it is a very much a about things movie, <laughs> right? Um, and I think that's sort of why it works. I don't, again, as I said, I have no threshold for like torture porn. I hate mm. that kind of horror movie. It is not my thing. I do not like to watch people, people endure physical pain, especially prolonged physical pain. However, I, I dealt with it with this movie because I feel like what it's saying is really interesting and like necessary. And in order to get the point that it's trying to make across, I feel like it has to indulge in a lot of those mm. more sort of base um, torture sequences. I'll also say that I think the, the torture sequences themselves are actually very clever in that a lot of it is suggestive you feel like you're watching something where actually you're just a lot of it's sound. <laughs> so a lot of it oh boy. Um, during the final sequence as Asami is, is, is torturing um, the protagonist. Uh, a lot of it is sort of just like shots where you're not seeing what's actually happening to him, but hearing everything. Mm. And like, and it's very particularly focused on like her face and on his body um and that is very <laughs> it's very mm -hmm. cringy uh but it's incredibly effective it's so well done and and um yeah i i felt like it i felt like it earned it um i can see why people love this movie i i i don't think it's a masterpiece i don't think it's like as brilliant as people say it is that's just how I kind of felt. Uh, I, I think people have kind of overhyped it to us a little bit. I think that's yeah. probably part of the reason why. Or, or conversely, there was no way your your viewing of this could have lived up to their hype. So right. perhaps, right. perhaps if yeah. everyone hadn't said this to you, you'd feel differently. Yeah, I and I genuinely like. I genuinely like. What, what was a? I was like, oh, I see why people love this. Like, yeah. I there there definitely is a lot going on here. I think it's a very, very, very well. Um, well-performed magic trick like that, that that's what it comes down to like it is the the execution of everything here and like the way that it goes from being like this this very sort of subtle romance movie with a lot of like creepy overtones mm -hmm. and you can feel the dread kind of building to just making this sudden turn and all of a sudden like it's all payoff is just really, really well executed, and and uh, and and it's really good. But like, yeah, it, it is. It is not like you have to. You got to be all in when you're watching this because uh, it does not let up uh, mm. towards the end, and it is. It is. It, it makes you feel everything, which is which is the point. Like it, it is supposed to make you feel things. Like you are you are supposed to feel the same kind of degradation that these two men have put women through throughout the entire movie, but with like candlelit dinners, right. Uh, which is like just as degrading um, in, in, uh, in an opposite kind of way. So yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, glad I saw it. Certainly the, the most artistic of the horror movies that we covered for this, this round. So. Well, in 365 days. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs>
boy oh boy yeah um and again like yes it's it's not it is very focused on on this one thing it doesn't do things necessarily gratuitously but like yeah it when it when it when it grabs you it's like okay we're going for a ride now and you're like oh fuck oh boy <laughs> Um, the performances are brilliant. I, I, I think like all the way through. And I think, um, this actress who plays, who plays Asami is just like absolutely fantastic. She's done a bunch of other, I think, horror as well. And, and, um, she's got this very, this, like the way that she moves in her presence is just incredibly disturbing, just sort of like <laughs> naturally. Um, I don't know. She's, she's, she's like kind of perfect for, for horror, but it's her, her performance is absolutely fantastic. And, um i think all the way through i always like i hate i hate like i don't want to sound like dumb and xenophobic or whatever but like i sometimes have a hard time knowing if someone's a good actor in a foreign movie when i don't, don't like speak the language um <laughs> i don't think that's xenophobic. i don't think that's xenophobic no i know it just kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like on edu- whatever you know what i mean well you're just it's concentrating too on reading the subtitles so you're not right. fully this engaged is the thing yeah yeah in the performance you can't watch their face Right. the whole time you're you're right. looking down inevitably you miss a lot yeah it's but i will say like even w- in this case like i could tell these are great performances so that's i yeah. think that, that 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 says something so um yeah there you go that's um that's audition uh if you like horror if you're into this sort of thing if you have not seen it uh i it's definitely the kind of thing that people who are into this sort of thing will love and um uh, it is it is interesting and effective and unrelenting um, and has a it has a point. So yeah. you know, good stuff. Um, so with that, uh, yeah. the thing we also watched this week was Ozfest '99 or um, a movie the, about it, a documentary about it. Mm-hmm. For some reason, didn't get released. There's a whole story here that I, I know you're going to. I will tell you exactly why it didn't get released, and yeah. I find that this documentary is a nice bridge between the previous block and the next block of films because mm-hmm. there's a little <laughs> yeah. bit of horror in this. And also there is a love story. Oh yeah. There's a love yeah, yeah. story in this documentary. Um, and a lot of you already know about it if you're fans of reality television. So <laughs> this is uh, like the pilot to, to that yeah. show. <laughs> so not, there was nothing particularly specific about Ozfest 99. I think, so it was directed by Penelope Spheris, who did mm-hmm. Decline of Western Civilization and then, you know, Decline of Western Civilization 2. And of course, famously, for me at least, she directed Wayne's World. Wayne's uh, World. Yeah. Had, had, a difficult, had a difficult time doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds like she's actually had a difficult time many times in her career. And sadly, this is another one of those times. <clears throat> in an August 2023 interview for Decibel magazine i guess i'm assuming it's a magazine i remember that magazine it's still around they it's still happening uh she was at it's all about this documentary and the very annoying and sad reason why it wasn't released is because of all things music rights she was told that the all the the music rights that to the documentary were included in everybody's contracts all the bands Later, she found out that wasn't the case. So she made this really fun documentary oh that you, God. Yeah, that you can stream on Vimeo. <laughs> Bummer. And yeah, and she was like very heartbroken by that. She goes, "That is the last music documentary I did. I just didn't want to go through that again." 
Um, Apparently, she met with Sharon about having it released. I would assume that this would be a great year to do that as it is the 25th anniversary. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, I don't know what that means. Does that mean a wide release? Does that mean you have to go to Los Angeles to go to the, uh, what were they talking about? The uh, Academy Museum, which is difficult Mm. to get into at times. I think it's time to ticket it and it sells out. But so that's that. But, you know, I very much enjoyed this, even though I don't, I think I only liked three of the artists. <laughs> All right, which which three? Which three? Um, I do like Black Sabbath. Sure, I think that Ozzy Osbourne had a beautiful voice. I think he had a beautiful yeah. voice. Yeah, uh, big Robert Zombert fan. Rob Zombie. Robert Zombert. Hell yeah! And yes. I I enjoyed Godsmack. Oh, and you know what? I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm a liar for Primus. I like Primus, Primus as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but everybody else, and there's a list. I'm sure I, I, I meant to pull up the Deftones. Deftones are there. Uh, System Slayer, of Down. System of a Down. Slayer. Yep. Static X. Never which, heard of them. Oh, you've never heard of Static X? Wayne Static no. with his troll doll hair. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> I mean, sadly, wait, is he the guy with the goggles? Is that that? He's dude the guy with, like, with the big yeah. hair all the way at the top. Sadly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, in the beginning, there's some like at some point there's some. I don't want to bounce around because I did make chronological notes but there are uh, one of the things she asked a couple of the artists who she would talk to directly on camera uh she being penelope is you know since at this point ozzy or excuse me black sabbath have been together for 30 years and she's asking mm-hmm. some of the bands do you hope to be together in 30 years and <laughs> wayne static is just like i mean yeah and he died in 2014 so i was dead i'm an overdose oh shit Mm-hmm. oh no he's not the only one um i didn't oh, i didn't google God. everybody for some reason i was just like where are they nowing on occasion but in, <clears> this, <throat> in this decibel article they say jeff hanneman uh, paul gray joey jordison from slipknot and of course wayne static had since passed and i was mm. like god damn and then they were like and black sabbath is still around and and, and penelope goes yeah. well, they sold they sold their soul to the devil and i was like penelope <laughs> <laughs> you are hilarious uh-huh <laughs> so yeah so i just you know this is this feels very much that this article or this interview also said you filmed this like this was the same year as the as the god-awful woodstock 99 yes um, what they asked her what do you think went wrong there and she was like well because this was sharon osborne's idea this we should yeah. maybe started there ozfest yeah was Sharon Osbourne's idea. Yes. And Penelope Spears. A pre-ready for primetime Sharon Osbourne appears. That's right. She looks. A lot. Like a mom. Like a a mom. Still has all those goddamn dogs, which was very. I was like, oh my God, I can't get away from dogs. (laughs) They (laughs) love their dogs. And their insufferable children were along for the ride. But uh, Penelope said, I suspect that uh, Woodstock 99 didn't work out because Sharon Osbourne wasn't planning it. And I was yeah. like, you know, that I watched both Woodstock '99 documentaries, and those guys yes. were well, just like greedy, disgusting assholes. And I know we'll maybe talk oh, about yeah. it at some point, even though there is a yes. ton of content out there. I can't imagine what we would add to the conversation, but talk about it. No, we will Nightmare. talk about it. We'll, sexual we'll talk assault. about it in the summer when, when yeah, the anniversary of that actually happens. Shit and sexual assault was the theme of those. Well, there is some overlap because the last. Uh, part of the documentary, which uh, takes place at the Gorge in Washington State, 
mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, the third to last stop on the tour. The mm-hmm. tour ended at like the end of July, but that that one was like July 18th and Woodstock 99 was July 20th, I think. So yes. they were really close to each other. And Robert Zombard even is like, fuck Woodstock. It's okay. Like, Here's yeah. <laughs> what's funny about Robert, Robert Zombard's hilarious anti-MTV rant when a year yeah, prior, yeah. Dracula, uh-huh. uh-huh. the music video for Dracula, which was inspired by both Night at the Roxbury yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. Monsters, was yeah. climbing up those MTV video oh, music charts. Just sure. climbing. And here he is like, fuck MTV. I'm like, Robert. No, Robert. And then like 90, really- 95, More Human Than Human was huge on MTV as well with White Zombie. Like, yeah, Listen, come on, Robert. I know. Robert, I know. you don't. You he's don't playing a, he's You're playing a character. Because you, like- you don't. Because Yes. Well, I will tell you something interesting also about 99, big year for Robert. Uh, This is the first year, uh, and I got this from Music Connection Magazine. I guess that's where they connect all the music. Very, very helpful. (laughs) If you're feeling lost out there, that's correct. (laughs) This was the first year. I don't know if you know this about him. I Again, I'm a big fan. He always, I think he always does, possibly since this year, he always does uh, something at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Yeah, which yeah. I, which I've never been to, and I, it's, it's, it's frankly, it should be illegal that I've never gone, but that's fine. <laughs> this was the first year he did it. They allowed him to design a section, um, and it's a maze. I think it's usually a maze. That this one was called the thrilling, chilling world of Rob Zombie, and my favorite part of this entire interview was when he says, "And Jen, the Jenny Jones show is a guilty pleasure of mine," and I was like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> We loved we fuck MTV, but Jenny Jones, who was tangentially involved in a in a in a murder. Oh God, yes, she was the Jenny Jones murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rob, get those priorities straight, buddy. Get them straight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I was also thinking a lot about Woodstock '99 while watching this, and and you know some of the potential overlap. You know the certainly I think element. Well, so. The Woodstock and Nine documentaries have a have an agenda. I mean, they they are they are about things. This is a very much a uh, anthropological study, right? Um, and I really like that about this is that she's taking a very sort of hands off, just kind of like letting people say their thing approach. Um, it's very like good natured and sweet. I I think yeah. she is trying to like show all sides of this kind of venue and fandom it made me not mm-hmm. want to be anywhere near any of it but like uh i also love a lot of the people involved yeah but 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 certainly i think a lot of the the toxicity and sort of just like misplaced rage that we start to see you know with Woodstock all 99 over Woodstock 99 is, is, right i think i think the elements of it are there as well um, yes but here's the thing one could argue and and why would they yeah uh where's this argument taking place probably at Woodstock 99 <laughs> there, the band, every band at Ozfest '99 is a quote unquote angry band. Yeah, w- yeah Woodstock '99. Yeah. No, like Jewel isn't right. Isn't wasn't Jewel there or like Cheryl Crow? Uh, like uh, Cheryl it was, Crow. It was um, not. Maybe that. Maybe that was '94, but I don't think so. It was like there were not. It was eclectic enough. The angry yeah. people were like you know not even angry. I, I would argue. I mean, what Limp Bizkit was the biggest culprit in terms of like encouraging yeah. or not discouraging gross behavior. But it's I, Woodstock 99 felt very much like 
oh, your performances are actually being ruined by the audience. I don't even think they're feeding off yeah. of them. They have their own thing going on. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know yeah. where they're getting this energy. It's, it's, it's you well, know, what I say too, that's In some true. cases it was the from environment. Fred Durst and Well, no, yeah. it was the environment. It was the way they were yes, being it was. treated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it was absolutely. where it was being held, how, how expensive it was, water running out, yada, yada, yada. That's what yeah. was going on there. Mm-hmm. And it got, and they got too big. It got far too big. Ozfest yeah. was a conservative fifty thousand right. person event, which sounds crazy until you remember that I think <laughs> Woodstock ninety nine was like four hundred thousand or something yeah. crazy, and they rented out a like a pavement, air old air fort, whatever it was, base something. I can't I remember. It was called, like old prison, basically. Anyway, <laughs> so the factors that contributed to the rage that was seen at Woodstock ninety nine was really environmental. Yeah. Even and the music was angrier at Ozfest '99, but it was a comfortable, well, like they taken care of environment. They really yeah. were 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 focusing on the attendees. Well, great. I I I also feel. I mean, I felt like the 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 fifty year olds and the eleven year olds were all sort of on the same page, and that they were like. There's there was people who who are just like lifelong metalheads who who were there, yeah. but then also this like subsection because there 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 was a time where you know like System of a Down and Slipknot were like piercing through the mainstream into the sort of like toxic masculinity space mm-hmm. of like popular music, and I feel like a lot of that presence was there as well, um, and just like it's it just like that's not like Ozfest. I don't think would do as well today. I think there was also something about sort of this this moment in like nineties yeah. history, but also I mean the 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 sort of the the um, the moral panic side of it is like eerily just like it is fucking right now as well where sharon osborne gets in a debate with this like you know fundamentalist preacher guy on his radio show on a radio show which god bless and talking about like satanism she's like what satan is she's like (laughs) it was it's hilariously this that my favorite part of that conversation is inevitably what happens with these guys every single time is they have a laundry list of things they believe the gay community is doing and he, yeah <laughs> he's rat- he's rattling off like oh you don't know about this and it's like the golden blah 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 and sharon's like no you are far more invested in these uh, untrue like only yeah. those weirdos have such an involved list of things they believe the gay community is doing and everyone yeah. else is like you're putting so much energy into this. Uh, we think you doth protest too much, but that is I am. Um, right I, I I loved I loved the fuck out of her in that interview. I'm like, <laughs> she, you're she's so awesome. great. She's great she all around. And I yeah. never watched. Did you watch their show? It it's it, it, it premiered. It premiered three years later in March mm. 2002. Yeah. I yeah. have so at first I thought, oh maybe this was the catalyst, but since the documentary was never released, I don't know. Yep. Maybe yeah. not. But yeah. But yeah. they, I get it. She's, you know, likable. He's he's still making some sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I mean, he's like... charismatic. He's very charismatic. He's very funny. I think I wrote down a lot of one-liners of of Ozzy Osbourne's. I I get yeah. it. I yeah. get it. I'm on board. I think the one framing device that she uses, <laughs> if there is one that sort of goes throughout the entire movie, is like the fact that Ozzy is just kind of 
this stuff's happening around him. <laughs> and he's just sort of like, I'm yeah. too old for this shit. We're just going to go out, yeah. play our play our Black Sabbath and yep. go back to our trailer. And the rest of these like fucking kids can, like, do their cocaine and do whatever the shit they want. Yep. And it's so funny yep. because they, and also because when she cuts to like girls being like, Ozzy, I want to have a threesome with you and sign my tits and everything. Like, and, and then it's just like him sitting by himself, like with his family, you know, no, <laughs> like he doesn't care. A cigarette that, and like, I don't fucking care anymore. He doesn't yeah, yeah, care. Yeah. Well, this is the, that was the best line. I wrote this line down. So at this, yep. at this time, he's 51 years old yep. and he's like groupies. He's like, well, he's like 51 years old. He's like, what am I going to talk about to a 21 year old? He's like, what's the point? He goes, what am I going to talk about? The fucking stock market. market. <laughs> I laughed so hard when he said the stock market. What am I supposed to talk about with these 21 year olds? Dot, yeah. dot, dot, the stock market. And I was yeah. like, now is that a conversation you're having now with your peers? But still, yeah. point well taken. I'm glad that's the only thing stopping you from banging these groupies. It almost felt like maybe he could have if he wanted to. I don't think Sharon cared. Just like, whatever. Yeah, no. Um, but I yes, he he also just clearly doesn't care. But like also not yeah. in a way where he's like apathetic to the whole thing. It's he he thinks it's all great and he is genuinely, you know, sort of humbled that he still gets to do this after all this time and still loves doing it and still gets stage fright and nervous and everything else. And like mm-hmm. that stuff's all really great. But I just I just love the sort of the juxtaposition between sort of where all the youth are at (laughs) and where he's at and how it's sort of still all works even though it's like very kind of different places and they sort of very what they perceive Ozzy Osbourne to be versus what she shows you of him kind of backstage I think that's a really wonderful like you know sort of narrative of the arc of the rock star and uh it's it's pretty great I also like well then then we got full access to it just a few yeah, years yeah. after the fact. Right. Well, that's, and that's the thing is that I also like that I, you know, the Osbournes was as a reality show also, I think a little, obviously more kind of like, you know, manipulated and scripted into like, they should showing. be, I'm going to say it now. They should be the Kardashians. They should sure. have all the power and the money that the Kardashians have. That's, I, we should have elevated. That <laughs> we, but this feels like a lot more of an authentic view of the family than we, we ever got up. on the Osborne show. We so. messed up. Yeah, I know we do that a lot. So whatever. Um, little baby Jack Osborne is so goddamn cute in this as well. Like, really, I found both of them to be insufferable. I was like, oh, they are insufferable. But like, he looks like little Jonathan Lipnicki. It's <laughs> it's sitting yeah. next to Robert Zombert. I'm like, oh, yeah. As he as he as he patronizes this insufferable child simply because <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne is a hero of his. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um. Things that made me laugh very hard are seeing like old Slipknot. They're like earlier masks. Yeah. <laughs> before they before they leveled up, and there's so many of them. And so 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 Penelope's asking like, you know, who you are, what do you do? And they're talking behind their masks, so their mouths aren't moving, but they're talking. And my favorite was the one that is just, just like, uh, he says his name, and he's like, I do sampling. I was like, sir, <laughs> sir. I'm sample guy. What does that even mean? You're on stage. At your, there's live sampling on stage. I don't even understand what your what your what your purpose. And then you want other guy. And maybe people who are Slipknot fans already knew this. I'm not a Slipknot fan, so I'm discovering in this 25 year old documentary. One guy has organic brain syndrome, 
which yeah. is now which is now called neurocognitive disorder. And he was just like, too much LSD. Now I see trails forever. And I was like, oh, great. What a nightmare. What yeah, nightmare. that sucks. How much, how old, they must be young in this, in 99, they can't be very old. How much I didn't, LSD I thought, have yeah, you I already done? I think they're 20s, right? Like, I, I can't. done so much? Yeah. No. I mean, no. I think Slipknot, like, started in like the late 90 i mean yeah i don't probably like a few i think probably just a few years prior i want to say 95 maybe but i yeah i I wrote a lot of notes yeah um there was also there was bull riding yes i also liked the way that penelope didn't like i felt that at woodstock 99 you were supposed to be judging these topless ladies but at Ozfest, it was like okay there's tits out we love to see it let them let these ladies now up you know yeah guys are gonna be weird sometimes i already accept that in 99 i accept that in 2024 but yeah. i either she didn't show as much of the weirdness or as the much as much of the weirdness wasn't happening just a lot of ladies topless riding a mechanical bull while a drunk christian guy says whore and then says i'm gonna take one home with me and make her righteous and I went, ah, yeah. oh, there it is. There it is. You don't hate her. <laughs> you want to take yeah. her home and fuck her and make her righteous. Say that. Jealous. Skip the whore part and just say, let's go home together. Also, skip the You just want to do part. your performative nonsense, but like, yeah. you know, in the same But even yeah. still, that didn't end up in a, in a fight. <laughs> he just yelled a lot. <laughs> and that was it. Very con- so I hope people True. watch this documentary. Otherwise, they won't know what we're talking about because it's a little insider baseball. I'm not really providing any information well, we should also say like it's not it's very grainy it's not the easiest you, yeah. i mean you, you get the sense of like what what watching the actual thing would be which would be pretty spectacular um oh, yeah. but like yeah it's it's not but it's it's completely watchable i all of it's like very you know audible and, and all that sort of thing but it is certainly not a uh pristine transfer no. of the of the film because it's and probably also illegal. I guess I my, I, I mean, I'm wondering since it was never released, how did it get yeah. uploaded onto Vimeo? Who did I that? Think illegally and probably not for much longer. Somebody <laughs> who I don't know. Someone who knows figures it out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we shall find out at some point. I would think, but yeah, it clearly is not. That's not a authorized copy of the movie. That is, yeah, on video, Vimeo. Um, I was, what else was I going to say? Uh, that, that, uh, no, oh, yeah. The Wayne static overdosing. Very sad. He overdosed yeah. on oxycodone, hydromorphone, oh, Xanax and alcohol. He had, he had battled drug addiction for a while. I also liked on occasion, she, Penelope would just cut back to scenes of Ozzy holding various pets. Yeah. I think he, I think he was kiss, <laughs> kissing a cat at one point. He goes, and he was holding another dog. He's like, this is supposed to be a chihuahua, but I think it's something And the cat else. thing was was right after like one of the one of the vignettes of people like, fuck yeah, Ozzy, yeah. Like, you and know, then he's like, like literally kissing. That's the, the best. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you guys need to see what your hero's doing. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see it. This is what you need to aspire to. <clears throat> I will um uh, I, I I will say that uh one scene in the movie was maybe even more unbearable than anything in audition. And that was the freak show part. And I was oh, like, Oh, well, Reverend, Reverend B. Hold on. Where is it? Reverend B something. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it? 
I hate with my little handwritten notes. You can hear the paper turning. There's some wasn't little... having a good time watching that. I'll say no, that much. It was it was a freak show, a good old fashioned freak show for anyone who's like, I'm not going to watch this. And I, that was a thing back then. That was a thing. There was a lot of people who were like, yeah. I can hammer this nail into my face, and I'm going to yep. put uh, a, an incredibly heavy weight attached to something that's attached to my nipple rings, and then pull On my it tongue. up. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to ask this yep. child to do something now. It's Reverend uh-huh. B. Dangerous. Now, I looked him up, and my favorite part of Reverend B. Dangerous is that he currently has a private Instagram account. And it's like, sir, you hammer things into your face. What's left? What's what are left? you hiding? We've seen your well, that's why it's very private. They stretched find out. out nipples. Yeah. What's yeah. What, do you, what could be behind these closed doors, sir? You drilled oh things God. into your skull. Like, at, out, out, just blood. So much blood. Yeah. As if. As if communicable diseases weren't a thing. Whatever. I mean, he's very good. He's a, he's a very good showman. I like for the the performance of it was great. But I was like, yeah. oh, well, well, no. Rev <laughs> RBD Reverend be dangerous. Man, so, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't want to get political, but I did go. Oh my goodness! <laughs> when they do, you know what I'm about to say? When they quickly showed one girl who traveled all the way from Palestine. Mm. And I went, oh, look at Timely. that. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. And, the, and the person next to her goes, it's right next to Israel. And I went, boy, isolate <laughs> this. Isolate <laughs> this. Ooh, <laughs> oh, yikes. 1999. Uh, simpler time. Simpler yeah. time. So, yeah. oh, and then it's my another really another great part that made me laugh is static X's bus getting repossessed. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. That. And like, I liked that scene a lot too, because you know, it's, it's again, it's part of the sort of like weird sort of love ethic of, 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 uh, of metal that they were like, it's his job, you know, like this sucks. We don't have a bus anymore, but like, Someone screwed us over, and this poor guy's mm-hmm. been chasing this bus around the country. And like, I know how much did that do? cost? What are you? What is this? Uh, who are you? Dog the bus bounty hunter? <laughs> like the amount of money spent trying to get this bus back surely exceeds whatever this. Like, stop I know. it! I, I think know. this person was just going to Ozfest. And they're like, oh, I can't. Ah, I missed it again. I guess I gotta hit the next city. Bummer. Yeah. Bummer. Check it in again, boss. What's that? No, that's not a concert in the background. I'm hot on their tracks. <laughs> I think that guy was just following Ozfest around. Well, um, everything that those bands said about like the way that they have to live, I was like, nope, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, they're like, we get up oh. at one o'clock in the afternoon and then we like drink and I'm like, Oh God, I'm already exhausted. Just like, stop. I like, no, God well, damn it. How do you no. drinking every day like that is insane. I don't understand. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I couldn't do that when I was in my twenties. This is not me being like, I couldn't do that now. No, I couldn't do but that. But then also now. like playing a complicated musical instrument. Well, I'm like, wh- well, here's okay. the thing. Let's think about who these bands are for just a second. It's loud. Yeah. Everybody's equally as drunk or probably far more high or intoxicated in the crowd. <clears throat> yeah. They're just, they're just in a mosh pit. I, they're not going to know if you miss every single note. They're not going to know. I yeah. Know. But like, but okay. But I think also one of the things that it's the, all the chop suey well to them. Like, <laughs> it's all chop. Suey. I think the movie does really well that like they're a lot 
really good musicians here. Like, I, I don't like the Deftones, but like, I, I, I think they're a good band. I, like, I System of a yeah. Down is a band that I always, I've, I've never had like whatever. But like, they are really very talented. Like, it's very clear that like what they do. And would the you like? Love them. Would you like to know their nine eleven connection? Drink. Uh, do they drink. do? Do they do nine eleven? Is that? Is that? Is that? A, what, is that's that what the is? toxic part. No toxicity. <laughs> Toxicity premiered September fourth, two thousand one. Okay, and the vi- they were still at the top of the charts on nine eleven, but Chop Suey was taken out of rotation because of lines like, "I don't think you trust in myself, righteous suicide." Oh, and I guess they were like, okay. "It's too close to nine eleven," and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "I mean, t- technically, that also was a suicide, but." I'm not sure that's what the people are going to be focusing on. That's funny. So yeah, so yeah, they they had a little nine eleven. I think there was also. I think I I thought I wrote down Columbine, but maybe I'm just seeing Columbine everywhere now. I thought I there was a Columbine connection as well because again, yeah, 1999. Hard to get away from it. <laughs> so, oh, I did say drink when you hear Columbine. Oh, I remember because I think when the Christian groups were protesting, they kept name checking Columbine. And remember, as you and I have discussed, those boys were KMFDM fans. They were not fans of this kind of. Music. Right, right, right. Did, right, did you yeah. and I discuss? We've discussed. I've talked about this a yeah, lot. We with talked different a little, yeah, people. We, talk, we, we talked a little bit about it last. last so time, don't yeah. worry about what everybody at Columbine is listening to. It's not the <clears throat> Ozfest 99 lineup. Don't worry about it. <laughs> One thing I did find funny uh, was that last week, um, our friends at the Monsters That Made Us podcast, they they covered the Scorpion King and they uh, they posted the Scorpion King soundtrack, which is basically Ozfest. Mm. <laughs> so it's like it Godsmack, System of a Down, mm-hmm. uh, Ozzy Osbourne, um, yes. and then it starts going like P.O.D., 12 stones mushroom head nice uh lifer yeah and then fucking That's creed it. and nickelback <laughs> and then and hoobastank <laughs> like wow oh my it's god just, this is not my that thing was such, that was such a strange time in, in, in <laughs> it music really it really really was and was. i i know that somebody's <clears throat> gonna disagree with me but truly apart from the bands that i had mentioned on this lineup that i like everybody did sound the same they all sounded the same. Mm. They were all yeah. low guttural screaming. It was, it was, come on. I well, I think like yeah, a, most of the uh, ones that you, that you don't know about anymore sounded the same. Like the ones that are just sort of interchangeable. Yeah, there was a basically, like there was a, like the Deftones were kind of, I think the. the... <laughs> That's happening in every single, every five seconds. I was like, mm. yeah. I'm, and I remember yeah. this. I, I act as if I'm. I'm, I'm this is I'm witnessing this for the first time. I remember. I remember all this. I was 19. <laughs> Prime. Yeah. Prime is. Yep. Yep. They Primus. were how adorable was Primus when they were talking about being in, when they were talking about being intimidated. I know. I was like, <sighs> don't know. you dare. You're fine. You little Just kept hearing sweet, the South Park theme. You sweet angels. Now I <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off of Buckethead. I simply couldn't take <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off of Buckethead. And I was like, uh-huh. I looked him up. I was like, what's Buckethead doing now? Still kicking around. He's done a lot of things. He's more like a hired gun. He was in Guns N' Roses from 2000 to 2004. He was. Yep. Yep. Brian Correct. Patrick yep. Carroll, also known as Death Cube K and Big B. Well, Big like, B. Okay. Sure. Big B. 
yeah, he's played with the only band I recognize other than Primus is Guns N' Roses. And I guess uh-huh. he, he started out with it's a KFC bucket on his head. And you know what? We love yep. we we love when the branding makes sense. It happened. I'm getting this from Wikipedia. I'm embarrassed to admit it happened when he was watching Halloween four. He was inspired. And who hasn't been? He yeah. went right out, bought a he bought a mic. That's why his and his mask did remind me of Michael Myers mask. And then the bucket idea. And here comes a quote came later that night while eating chicken. He's like, I was eating it and I put the mask on and then the bucket on my head. I went to the mirror. I just said, Buckethead. That's Buckethead right there. It was just one of those things. After that, I wanted to be that thing all the time. This is what he said uh, in Guitar Player Magazine in 1996. And I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. He does have a heart arrhythmia. Worried about that. So, (laughs) you know... Buckethead. Oh, I was just, I was just tickled beyond belief. I was like, okay, I, I don't know. I, I, I have to, I have to say. So he wasn't, he wasn't a founding. He wasn't part of Primus. He. Oh, he wasn't. Uh, okay. No, I'm just finding this out. He was out. a hired so he, gun. Oh. He was a hired gun. He did a collaboration with Les Claypool um, around this time, and so then he played with them, I guess, uh, for Ozfest. But listen to this. So he says. Uh, Usually a solo artist, although he's collaborated with a wide variety of artists, such as Bill Laswell, Bootsy Collins, uh, Bernie Worrell, Iggy Pop, Les Claypool, Serge Tankian. That's the system of down guy. Yeah, that's the system. Yeah. Bill Mosley, Mike Patton, of course, from. um, Hey, I've seen Mr. Bungle live and Phantom Moss. And then the next name on the list is Viggo Mortensen. You got what? to what for what for some so, for what for what? So it says uh, Buckethead also began a collaboration with Vigo Mortensen, whom he first met through a recording project called Myth: Dreams of the World in 1996. Oh my god! Together they released One Man's Meat, One Less Thing to Worry About, and the wait other is that the title? One Man's okay. Yep, there's a two different albums. Oh Buckethead God. contributed to the 1999 album Devil Dub by blah blah blah. I need to find Vigo Mortensen's yeah. music now. Yeah, and this uh, is incredible. Yeah, um, I wonder if either of those albums came out in '99. <laughs> well, another... Man, this is a wild Wikipedia page. <laughs> Let I me mean, just like something about Buckethead Wikipedia. Page. Once you fall down the Buckethead hole, you're you're <laughs> not going to want to come out of it. I found it yeah. very difficult to leave because when he spoke, I was riveted. I was like, okay. Because he was the one who was doing the weird di- he had a puppet. So yeah. when he was being interviewed by Penelope yeah. first name, yeah. first name basis, he's answering the questions using what appeared to be a an actual de- decaying head. I was like, Buckethead and it was he was talking like ventriloquist style. He's you know it was fantastic. Every ten uh-huh. out of ten no notes. Buckethead. Ten out of ten no notes. <laughs> now somebody else I wanted to know what's he up to now is Ozzy Osbourne's longtime assistant Tony Dennis, who yes. propped him up at the time at the time Loved of him. the documentary. They had been together for seventeen years. Yep. When I googled him, I saw. A brief image. It looked like he also appeared on the Osbournes. Again, I didn't watch the okay. show. Now, if Reddit is to be believed, and it's three, flawless. Three months ago, someone someone had asked a question, and three months ago, a guy on Reddit was like, 
I got a very interesting story that involves Tony Dennis. Now, it's not that interesting. It's fine. But this guy happened in August 2023. A lot happening in August 2023. Penelope's given interviews about the documentary. This guy's got a story about Tony Dennis. He's dropping it on Reddit. So Mm -hmm. just to be clear, this guy wants us all to know it could be a gal. Get it together, Tisdale. He's been a big fan of Black Sabbath for over 40 years. So this is coming from a place of love. He is uh, he he and his family went on a road trip through California. They ended up in Santa Monica on one of those days. They woke up early and he borrowed a bike from the hotel, went down to work out in Venice, ran into Arnold. That's just that has nothing to do with the story. But he wanted us to know that. And that's fantastic because, you know, what? the more I listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger, the more I love him and the angrier I am that he can't run for president. We We need to change that. We need to change that one pesky little, little law. Um, so he gets back from, anyways, pumping some iron. I'm like, my guy, you've strayed. Where's the story? Let's get back to it. Yeah. So he comes back to the hotel. He's ch- chatting with his wife, letting her know he just quote unquote trained with Arnie. Winkity wink, wink, wink. We love it. He's like, while I'm chatting with my wife, one of the hotel concierge employees hears us talking and comes up to us. Hi, where are you guys from? I recognized him immediately. It's freaking Tony Dennis. He's working as a hotel concierge somewhere. Oh my God. I know. Before I answered his question, I said, do I recognize you from somewhere like on TV? And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, I think you worked for a certain A-list celebrity. Now, this is where I said, hold on. Is Ozzy yeah. Osbourne an A-list celebrity? No. I didn't think so. But anyway, God bless this man for He's saying that. He's A-list of a B-list. That's true. Top of the yeah. bottom. Top of the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, uh, uh, yeah, I think you've worked for a certain A-list. The fella says, do you know what? I've been working here for eight years and you're only the second person to recognize me. They talked for a good hour in the hotel reception told him a few stories about his time with Ozzy. He knew Randy too. I don't know who Randy is. Uh, couldn't repeat some stories. He left Ozzy about 10 years ago. So this would have been about 2013. Got married. Ozzy was his best man. And he said, I th- thought it was just time to move on. He never had a bad word to say. Was a lovely bloke. Wish he could have spent some more time with him. Tony yeah. said, no one at the hotel he works with knows his past history. So let's keep it that way. So he didn't bust out the hotel. So Somewhere in Venice Beach, California, and there aren't that many hotels there. So I'm sorry to say. Bike ride away from Muscle Beach. Sorry. You to give us enough I, context I, clues. I can see uh, the appeal of working at a hotel after mm-hmm. that life. I mean, a concierge years. is probably a lot easier. It's still the, yeah. the, the, the like, you know, the bones are the same. You're helping people. You're, <laughs> you're being a helpful guy. But even the, I mean, LA is filled with so many douchebags. I live there. I can say it. Yeah, it's still going to be easier than like cleaning up Ozzy's occasional shit bucket, which there is one. Recall, if you will, there's a bucket for Ozzy to run off stage and pee in. And then according to Tony, sometimes more than that, a poo. Yep. Yep. Now, what if Bucket had accidentally (laughs) grabbed that bucket? We have to be careful. There's a man around Ozfest 99 who loves buckets. We have to be careful. (laughs) Uh, Back to Buckethead, by the way. It turns Uh, out. I never left. I never left. the other parade and one man's meet, both Viggo Mortensen albums came out, both of them in 1999. So there you go. We're going to party, those listening yep. party, getting Viggo on. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta, What's he doing? Who he's cares? available. Yeah. He is. Um, he is available. 
So yeah, I, I guess like I I want to tell people to watch this, but I also tell them want to tell them not to and see if maybe it actually like has a full release. Yeah, at just some give point. it a minute because yeah. uh, when if if they're gonna do a 25th anniversary thing, I'll have to assume it's this summer soon. Yeah. The tour was a couple months long. Was it a yeah. month long? Something. Uh, it was the, from two months, so May to July. Yeah. That's long. Oh, that's really that's, long. That's really long. Yeah. That's pretty. I mean, for summer summer tours, it's it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty standard. I actually saw Lilith Fair uh, at the Gorge that same summer, so I was there like probably a month before this. There were there were tits there, but it was a different vibe. Very different kind of yeah, different kind of vibe. But I saw Sixpence None the Richer Mm, play. She's um, all that on a side stage before they were. But it was like, yeah, yeah. So it was like that song was kind of in the ether, but they weren't, they weren't huge yet. So yeah. uh, I saw Maya tap dance. It's great. It's great. Maya. Somebody, they brought Lilith Fair back, but it's not Lilith Fair. I know. Fair. And I'm like, yeah. guys, this is, should be, this should be illegal. What are we doing? Yeah. And it looked awful. Yeah. It looked like some Coachella version of Lilith. And I was like, this is. If you don't have Natalie Merchant and the Indigo Girls and Sarah McLaughlin. If you don't have <laughs> Michael Stipe's ex Natalie Merchant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on that stage. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read the story about how the two of them met for the first time, by the way? I don't think so. Oh, my God. No. That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, It involves a a paper bag and Michael Stipe escaping out a bathroom window. Uh, It's a very funny story. Oh, Michael Stipe. You know, I'm uh, in a couple of weeks. My person and I are going to go see um, acclaimed actor Michael Shannon performing in a tribute band, all of R.E.M.'s Murmur album. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I can't at a small club in Washington, D.C. My friend Dave Hill is opening up for them. Dave Hill, who's agreed to be on this podcast at some point, remind me to follow up. So they better yeah. rock. They better rock catapult. It's it's yeah. murmur. I know it's murmur. I, my hope is that they're gonna sneak in some like perfect circle peppier songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like just playing a single album is not very long. Yeah. And yeah, but you know they're gonna do a little. They're gonna, they're gonna throw us a little little pop 89 bone or something they're gonna do something i hope <laughs> otherwise we're all just gonna be on the floor crying i don't know but anyway that'll be fun she said yeah so i have a question so we're, we're wrapping up we're wrapping up horror now we're moving we on are. to romance which is gonna be nice for which our souls can be horror depending yeah, on way. what the relationship is what was your um what was your favorite movie from this round oh oh gosh yeah. On the spottity spot, spot, spot. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I okay, because here's the thing. I wouldn't say my this was my favorite movie, but the conversation I enjoyed the most was A Christmas Carol. I think uh-huh. with, yeah. with Alex Steed. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so my experience, I mean, that was a good movie, but I like the yeah. cheesier bad stuff. So probably maybe Stigmata. Hmm. Probably stigmata. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was I it was a real fun watch for me. I I think like the big surprise for me was that aside from Stigmata and Existence, both of which like my opinion of didn't really change very much. And um I, I like them both in different ways. I liked Stir of Echoes a lot less than I remembered. Because mm-hmm. it was so <laughs> liked, sad. 
Not a and horror I liked movie. the Rage Carrie too a lot more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Actual Rage was in that movie, same, whereas same with Rebecca. House on Haunted Hill, like much better oh, movie than I. Than wait, I had that might have been my fun one. Sorry, I have such yeah. a bad memory. I, House yeah. on Haunted Hill might have been what a uh, no notes, no bad notes. Legitimately, yeah. in my opinion, a, a mostly good, a mostly yeah, except for the ending, a yep. mostly great movie. Great movie. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and the other one, like, well, you weren't there for Sleepy Hollow, but that's another one where I was like, oh, this is not as good at all as I remembered it being. So, well, uh, I did watch the movie though, and all, and, yeah. and I, as I did when the movie came out, and as I did again, could not stop thinking about Christina Ricci's wig. It was taking me out. Like this woman yeah. is—I wouldn't say she was famously a brunette, but she was very much a brunette. <laughs> and what they did to her eyebrows and that wig—I, I was like, I—I I can't be part of this. I can't, cannot. It works on yellow jackets. It does not work. Here. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Makes more sense there. So, because yellow jacket, she's a weirdo freak. So you know. Yeah, and that's here. She's weirdo, supposed to be weirdo like, freaks have that kind of hair. They do. <laughs> but there, she's supposed to be like you know, hot, young, seductive, True. young thing. And uh, yeah, I couldn't get over how boring that movie was. And I was like, yeah. really want this to get more exciting, but it never does. But I it's mean, very. I- stunning to look at my god it's beautiful because you know got tim fucking burton and speak of the devil he shall appear beetlejuice beetlejuice they dropped that poster today and that he's a he's directing a remake of the 50 foot woman so i I, i'm excited i'm excited what i can't believe none of us thought of that we're like oh it's just beetlejuice too no of course it's beetlejuice beetlejuice Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. (laughs) you you idiots it's brilliant it's so brilliant Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm so great. excited for this movie. Maybe I'm yeah. gonna cry. Yeah, yeah. So looking forward. Oh wait, to one it. more thing. I started yeah. watching Northern Exposure on Amazon. Oh, Prime. I saw you did. Yeah. Uh huh. Wait, say, you started as in you hadn't seen it before? Oh no, no, no. I I okay. watched it when I was younger, but okay. I don't. Rem- you know, I have a terrible memory, and that was of course yeah. 35 years ago. So 34 years ago. Yeah. Because season one's 1990. Gotta say. Uh, to have an 18-year-old woman dating a 62-year-old man and getting like semi-married to him after he impregnates her season one, and, and not a single person having anything to say about that. Wow. Mm. Ni- wow. 1990. What? Crazy. You were she's, so different. <laughs> she's 18. He's 62. I, yeah. I am stunned. I am yeah. shocked. I am flabbergasted. I am without words. I do love that show, though. I don't even mind. I'm not judging age differences. I'm just, I can't (laughs) believe that was happening in 1990. I guess, I I guess I can't, I don't know what I can believe. I don't know. Because then, obviously, just a few years later, here comes Lewinsky and Glinton. So, you know, yes, yeah. I mean, this is like fucking this is like pre Murphy Brown. <laughs> oh, you like, mean the Murphy Brown who like Dukakis couldn't stand because they dared have a pregnant 40 something year old woman on television. That yeah. was that was her biggest yeah. sin. Meanwhile, over here in Alaska, we got 18 yeah. year olds having sex with 62 year old men and get married. OK. I mean, that show know. was filmed in a town called Roslyn, Washington. Washington. And um, yeah. the town is basically the set. Like, you, it's like nothing. It's it's all just all. Oh, I go- oh I've been Googling. Like, <laughs> I need to go. All I want to do is go, go yeah, to yeah. there. 
all I want like the do- radio station is like intact it's it's <sighs> it's awesome yeah it's like walking through the set of the show still it's i love it i love it i love it i love it yeah. so that's it in yeah. terms of the 90s we can technically call that the 90s yeah it's very much the I, got, 90s. I got a lot of 90s things coming up yep yeah well that's cool um well murmurs murmurs not the 90s but we'll we'll whatever REM well, is like a, a band movie. from the 90s. And yeah, if you yeah, recall, yeah. I'm seeing G Love and Special Sauce this weekend. So, <laughs> yes, I do. I do recall. The 90s again. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very cool. busy living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back uh, with, with rom coms. Are we teasing out? Are we teasing? Do, we don't even know yet. We don't. We're not sure. Uh, which no, one we, we're know, doing first, we know right? what the first one is. We know what the first one is. Um, do you want to do the? I'm just. I'm just a guy standing in front of a microphone, telling you to tune in next time. Okay. We're asking you. Asking you to tune in next time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the line. Is that the line? That's the line, right? Just a girl. Yep. I'm just a guy standing in front of a podcast mic. Asking you to please love us. Okay, see you next time.